The App Guide podcast is brought to you by Apptentive. Apptentive are really good at improving your app store ratings. They used StockTwits to improve their rating from 1.5 stars to 4 stars. So to get your free mobile app consultation, go to apptentive.com forward slash app guy. And thanks very much to Apptentive for supporting the show. Gummy Cube. GummyCube is trusted by thousands of growth marketers and developers. Launch your campaign today, your App Store optimization campaign, by going to gummycube.com. That's G-U-M-M-I-C-U-B-E.com, gummycube.com, and make sure that you mention my name, Paul Kemp, and I'm sure they'll do a good deal for you. They are the best App Store optimization on the market. B7Dev, that is B7Dev.com. App development you really enjoy. And make sure that when you're reaching out to the founder, his name is Haim. Mention my name and I'm sure that he will look after you. Thanks very much to B7Dev for supporting the show. And by Newmob, N-E-U-M-O-B. Having a fast app is crucial in these mobile first times. As you well know, consumers and users will quickly delete an app if it loads too slow on 2G, 3G, 4G, or even Wi-Fi networks. Newmob helps app developers keep their existing users and drive maximum revenues anywhere in the world. Go to newmob.com. Hi, it's uh, Scott Lyons from the Connected Vehicle Services team at Ford here on the App Guy podcast. The App Guy podcast, straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. I'm your host, it's Paul Kemp. So this is the show where we get app founders, CEOs, anyone in the mobile business. We uh, really deconstruct their success, their journeys, so that it helps us with our own app entrepreneurial journeys. And we have many listeners who are listening to this right now who are making a living off the app store or all the things surrounding mobile. And so what I like, like to do is get these great guests on. And I have a terrific guest on today because he is the founder and CEO of Offer.com. Now, don't get confused. It's OFF3R.com. Nice little play on words there. Offer.com. His name is Lex Deke. And Offer, let me just summarize, is an aggregates deals from leading crowdfunding platforms and uses a swipe style UI to make it easy to, to discover deals. So Lex Deke, welcome to the App Guy podcast. Hey, Paul, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, so tell us about uh, Offer then. Uh, what, what are you actually doing with the app? So we live in this world of, of increasing noise. And if you're an investor or an entrepreneur that wants to, to stay abreast of uh, investment opportunities and, and companies that are getting funded, seeking funding, you know, where do you go? Uh, there's all sorts of places. There's crowdfunding platforms and angel networks, but it's it's fragmented. It's distributed. And so we built Offer to pull together all of those companies and those investment opportunities into a very simple and familiar sort of Tinder-style interface on your mobile so that you're alerted whenever there's a new fundraising opportunity. You can track the deals. You can set notifications and alerts if they reach X percent of their funding target. It's just a very simple, very useful tool for staying abreast of, I guess, early stage uh, investment activity. I love this already because a lot of the episodes are focused on the need for curation. And uh, this is almost like curating investment deals. So I'm really interested to know if there's like been any deals that you feel have been, you know, money's been raised because of the app? Yeah, um, we know that through talking with our, our base, which now numbers about 4,500 active investors. Unfortunately, and this is something that many of your listeners will appreciate, there is work to be done on the, the transactional piece and just, you know, kind of 
maintaining transparency of that investment process once somebody goes to, to a platform to actually invest. So we're working on that technology now, but to date, it's, it's just evidence from our base that courtesy of discovery on offer, they have gone through and then they've backed some great companies and, and it's made their life easier, which is just, you know, it's, it's the kind of thing that makes you, it makes it all worthwhile for you as a, as a founder of, of something like this. It does sound great. I mean, funding is definitely one of the big challenges. So uh, how do we get noticed by you then? I mean, doing any manual curation from all these other platforms or, or is it so, more automated? Yeah, I mean, what, what we're trying to do is, is not really take a view on the deals themselves. My other business, which is Q Ventures, is a is a high-level super angel network. And in that business, we get very meaningfully involved. With Offer, really, the bar to reach is to be a platform that has the relevant permissions, uh, is, is authorized in the UK by the FCA, and follows best practice. If we can be confident of all of that, then we can then, by extension, be fairly confident that the deals are of a certain quality, that due diligence has been done, uh, so we don't have to take a view. But what we will do in a, an upcoming release is give some insight into what the community is finding really interesting. So trending deals, fastest moving deals, that kind of a thing. So it's sort of community generated curation rather than us being the, uh, the ones to do that. So we love chats about fintech because there's a lot of money to be made with fintech style apps. But I'm wondering, the regulation must be quite hard then. Are you, are you actually regulated, but did you say by the FSA? Uh, so yeah, it would be the FCA. Currently, we're just working through our application. You know, it is an area where you have to be careful. We are making financial promotions or, you know, we're, we're making invitations to invest, although we take advantage of signposting. So we're not actually, we're not recreating uh, any deal data. We're simply Repurporting what is already out there in the public domain. So we're in a slightly grey area, but the landscape is is ever shifting, and we're in consultation with with the FCA around where we fit into that, and we want to be part of. You know, in the UK, we're very lucky. The FCA is perhaps the the most progressive body in the world for, for trying to create structures for enterprise and for for funding. And um, so, yeah, we're figuring it out as we go. It's it's a new space, which is kind of exciting and challenging and scary and horrible and amazing <laughs> at the same time, you know. We love grey areas. I mean, that's where the opportunity is. You'll have to remind me, the, the, um, what's the FCA uh, stand for again? I always thought it was the Financial Services Authority. It, it was. Uh, it, yeah, it's now the Financial Conduct Authority. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's, it's similar powers, really, but um, just a, a bit of a spruce up and, and a few few other areas that they cover. Okay, so these 4,500 active investors, I mean, that is amazing leverage that you have to attract money to deals. How did you go about getting these users, these investors interested in offer? Well, to date, we've, we've only done some very low-level marketing. We've leveraged social channels, namely Twitter, and we've worked with platforms to help spread the word. It's in their interest to promote us as well as us promote them. So we've done, you know, it's all been fairly low level uh, reciprocal marketing for the time being. We've just closed a funding round. So that gives us some firepower to, to do some other cool stuff as well. But we've been lucky enough, I think that the, the, the investor, entrepreneur, startup communities are fairly tightly knit. And so you benefit from, from word of mouth. And ultimately, um, yeah, we've, we've done well from that so far. 
So Lex, it would be pretty cool if you could tell me that you funded your own startup with Offer.com. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to say that. I think um, we did consider that, but we ended up through the Q Ventures network, which is the, the Super Angel network, uh, closing it with just a small, a small number of um, of high net worth. There, we've got. Tom Singh, who's the founder of New Look as our lead investor and a num- number of other senior sort of city finance professionals and, and super angels. So, yeah, we kept it small. But I think for a subsequent round, which we're thinking about um, perhaps in the autumn, we'd love to use a platform. I mean, what a great story, right? Yeah, actually building your own platform to get your own funding. I mean, that would be pretty cool. You know, you sound like you've um, been in the game for quite some time and uh, you've got a number of different things. I'd love to switch gears slightly and ask you about your journey and and whether you feel uh, like the startup world and, and, um, you know, going through funding and all this sort of stuff, whether it's worth it to anyone who's listening who may be attracted to the, the kind of lifestyle that you may have. Well, that's a great question. Is it worth it? I guess that's only something that you can say retrospectively. I think over the years, I started my entrepreneurial journey in in my, um, I guess, late teens, early 20s, really. And at that age, you you, you have this beautiful naivety. You don't realize how hard or difficult things will be. You don't have the same appreciation for money as you do when you get older and you may have mortgages to pay and a family to support and um, car payments to make and all, all those um, wonderful realities of life. And, you know, I've noticed my own kind of perspective shift quite significantly over the past uh, decade in particular. You know, I, I've been interested in many different things and, and my journey has taken me through setting up the first eBay drop-off shop in the UK and growing that and exiting to GE Capital in my early 20s to then flying to Marrakesh for a weekend to take stock of what happened and end up buying an old Riyadh and converting it to a boutique hotel and living in Marrakesh <laughs> for a year to then then getting a, a Facebook friend request sort of 10, 11 years ago, I guess, from my mother and thinking that this was not the place for family uh, online activity to take place. So I end up building a platform for families, which was a you know place to share photos and to-do lists and calendars and, and photos and things like that. And then going through the Dragon's Den process, getting my TV exposure as marketing and finding out that, um, you know, a lot of people perhaps, or or, sorry, this isn't fair to say, that that some people are perhaps not as straight as they uh, might like to make out. And the value of candor in fundraising and I'd had some good experiences in raising from funds and I had a terrible experience in raising from funds and then involved in the energy industry, um, in energy performance certificates and then working with a number of uh, high-level entrepreneurs organizations, namely the Supper Club and feeding through into setting up an investment club for a really top-tier group of entrepreneur investors to then setting up Q Ventures in partnership with Quintessentially, which is the world's largest network of high net worths with offices in about 60 countries to then eventually getting into offer. So, um, <laughs> sorry, slightly verbose answer to your question, Paul, but it's it's not been a straight line. And at each interval, you know, you, you become immersed and absorb yourself in a new industry and you learn as much as you can. And I think we live in a slightly different age now, especially in technology. You can set something up, you can trial it relatively quickly, relatively cheaply. And I would suggest doing that as, as, as often as possible and just remaining adaptable, flexible. I think you need a certain personality type in order to weather 
some of the the storms. You need some resilience. You need a, a good sense of humour. I think you need perspective. The best entrepreneurs that I come across tend to to tread the line between humility and super confidence very well in that they will listen, but you also have the, the feeling that they will knock down doors to get what they want. It isn't a journey for everyone. And I, I guess as a, the other side of the slightly less positive side of the coin is that, you know, it's become a very attractive or aspirational career, inverted commas, choice for, for more people now. And I think that, you know, I'm seeing some people just simply aren't equipped for the highs and the lows and the twists and the turns and the instability of it. And there's a feeling that if one buys a nice MacBook and, and has artisan coffee and starts pinging some emails around, then you're suddenly a startup founder. And I think that there's, <laughs> there's a risk there in, in, you know, in expectations perhaps not being realistic. It is hard to turn something from a concept into a product. It is even harder to turn that product into something that's a business and makes money. Then the stage after that, which is making yourself redundant or growing so that the business is a self-contained entity and can either be sold or grown substantially, is even harder. And and it will take, it should take five, six, seven years to get there. But anyway, that, that's my two cents. That's how I'm feeling this morning, Paul. It might be different if it's <laughs> later in the day. You never know. I'm going to take that as a yes. And, um, yes, I think, uh, I think that was a yes. I forget what the question was, but yeah, that, that's a yes. But no, I love this. This is why I set up the show. It's really inspirational. I think it's one of the best answers. I, you know, this show is to try and get to the genuineness. There's so much hype out there, isn't there, about uh, you know people watching Dragons Den and and tell us, you know, someone who's been on there. Obviously, for all our US listeners, it's the Shark Tank, and we've had a, quite a few Shark Tank people on here as well. But is it uh, all, you know worth the hype of getting on there? Does it really? Open up yeah, lots I mean, of opportunities. From, yes, it, it was great for that as a marketing exercise. I think it's been the it's had the highest impact out of anything that I've done. I ended up with I think six or seven minutes of prime time BBC Two exposure. What what would one cost that up at? Um, hundreds and hundreds of thousands, I'm sure. You know, it generated twenty thousand odd um, new signups overnight. It opened conversations with Photobox and Snappy Snaps and Firebox and you know known sizable retailers and interesting partners. So yeah, I would suggest you know from a marketing perspective, incredibly worthwhile. I don't think the format and the the mindset of the the dragons is well suited to technology ventures that typically have a different means of valuing business. That always seems to be the sticking point. So I think if you can come out of the experience without undermining yourself and just stay true to your beliefs and the value that you've set and what needs to be done to to make the business successful, I think it's incredibly useful. I guess I wanted to also pick up on, um, you talked about your journey and it's not a straight line. And a lot of people that come to me, they do seem to have trouble focusing. I know I've suffered from this in the past. And how do you stop pursuing the kind of shiny, was it the shiny uh, thing syndrome where you just keep, mm. um, you get a Facebook message from your mum and then you set, set up a, your own platform? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know if you, if you find the answer to that, Paul, do let me know. I think it's, it's one of the hardest things with an entrepreneur because, you know, by definition, you should be an opportunist as an entrepreneur. Um, so, and there's different types of entrepreneur, but that, that's my particular leaning. And I think, um, you know, the, the the opportunity cost of not pursuing what you deem to be very interesting opportunities can haunt you. And even if you're not working on it, you know, that your brain is 
your, your subconscious is whirring away and that is expending energy and it's a difficult one. I'm kind of embracing it rather than trying to hide it or to change it. And I think I was talking with, uh, I don't know if you know Modwena from, uh, who set up Angel News and has uh, recently set up uh, the Pluralists Club, which has been created to recognize that many of us now wear, wear different hats and have different interests. And I think that you know, traditional wisdom dictates that you must focus and have a, a laser sharp focus in your area in order to be very successful. And I, and I can't discount that, of course, but in technology particularly, you know, there are so many tools that allow you to organize your time better and to segment and to prioritize. I think it is possible to do more, to work whilst mobile, to, to have different interests. I would suggest if you are doing multiple things, they should be under the same sort of umbrella. I have a few different ventures which are all in fintech and there are synergies between them. And so I see it as one bigger business or one bigger play. If I had a cake shop on the side and, and a travel business as well as offer, I think I may find myself slightly stretched. But the other thing is it also, if you're involved in more things at, uh, at sort of CEO founder level, I think it allows you, if you've got great people, and this is an absolute must. If you've got great people working with you, for you in those businesses, it allows you to maintain a slightly objective perspective on the business and you can deal with the stuff that really matters and that's really important rather than getting drawn into the minutiae because you just simply do not have time. And I think that's working for me, whether it will work in the long term or whether I'll end up going mental and selling trinkets <laughs> on, on the beach somewhere in, uh, in Bali, I don't know, but that's the theory for now. This show is supported by Apptentive. They are a great sponsor because they have the ability to message your users. So if you've listened to past episodes of the show, you'll know how important it is to have a following, to be able to cross-promote your apps, to be able to communicate with your users. And Apple and Google do not make this that easy, but Apptentive do because they give you the power to have two-way conversations with your users. Hear what they have to say, gather feedback, solve any problems in the apps, and develop meaningful relationships with these customers. Stop looking at your screen and just treating them as numbers on a screen. They are customers, they are using your app, and you need to have conversations with them. It is incredibly important. So go to apptentive.com forward slash appguy. That is apptentive, A-P-P-T-E-N-T-I-V-E, apptentive.com. And if you hit forward slash appguy, you'll get a the ability to sign up for a free mobile app consultation. And thank you very much to Apptentive for supporting this show. So I'm fortunate enough to have an absolutely amazing app store optimization company called GummyCube who sponsor this show. And they collect uh, data from the mobile app stores, Google Play and the Apple App Store. And that data then allows you to be more effective when optimizing your apps for those app stores. Now, GummyCube deal with brands and indie developers and product managers. And what GummyCube are able to do is find those long-tailed keywords that rank. You see, app store optimization, it used to be, and I'm, I'm sure you're probably still doing this right now, where you go uh, back and forth and check things like Google search, and then you get the long-tail keywords from web search. And that is the wrong thing to do. You don't really want any data that's being scraped from the web. What you want is data that is actually from the app stores, because we know that the way you behave in app stores is different to on the web and searching on the web. And so this is why you need GummyCube to get access 
to their algorithms and their data cube and to really be efficient with App Store optimization. So I highly recommend going and checking them out. It's www.gummycube.com. That's G-U-M-M-I-C-U-B-E.com. And thank you very much to Gummy Cube for being such a great company and supporting this show. There's two more things we need to do then, Lex, before we say goodbye. One is that I'm really interested in offer because the data behind it must be like immensely valuable. You're getting to see lots of different trends, what investors are perhaps um, swiping on. And I wondered if you could share any of those trends that you're seeing, any particular investor interest in certain areas regarding mobile? Yeah, yeah there is... Um... Uh, I mean, there's a huge amount of underlying data so far. Our investors have uh, undertaken about three quarters of a million interactions on the app. So that's a a like or a pass or or a social share or a video view. And that does give us a great deal of sentiment data uh, and sector data. The clear kind of standout uh, observations would be that deals that are uh, at least 65% funded um, seem to just naturally draw uh, more attention. So as a, as a metric, as a starting point, it seems everyone knows you should start a crowdfunding campaign with a certain amount, but it seems to be 65% plus is the level where things really start to, if you like, it's the, it's the, um, sector-wise, we've seen FMCG retail and um, otherwise consumer propositions um, do particularly well through crowdfunding platforms. I think that that stands to reason because of the mobilization of a fan base. You know, the classic example of breweries, I guess, is is the one that will be cited for years to come. At one point last year, 18% of deals on Crowdcube were uh, to do with food and drink with a, you know, a large leaning towards the, the brewery side of things. So I think that's really interesting. You're seeing a, a huge appetite for SCIS deals for crowdfunders where there are reliefs for them there on capital gains and, uh, and other income uh, tax liabilities. Uh, so the deals that are up to sort of 150, 250 typically um, are getting closed more quickly. Again, that stands to reason because it's a smaller amount of money, but the million pound plus deals that are B2B perhaps or med tech are not as successful on crowdfunding platforms currently, uh, and that, that may well change in due course. We're seeing a lot of uh, younger people, uh, a lot more younger people getting into the space. So I think a traditional angel would be uh, 45 plus, um, having done well and having some, some spare liquidity. Now we're seeing uh, most engagement from uh, the, the 30 to 40 range. Um, so the tech-savvy, younger, mobile, uh, you know, more engaged or more tech engaged um, investor which is really interesting there's all sorts of cool stuff paul and actually if any of the listeners would want to to have a, a look at some of that data and, and make meaning of it i would invite um, anyone to, to do so very very happy to share that oh that's wonderful yeah and you know you mentioned breweries and uh, i do remember a chat with uh, the guy who uh, created orderella which is the ordering app and um, they raised a ton of money. So definitely brewery <laughs> space is, um, I, I guess that's a British thing, isn't it, uh, Lex? You know, beer and, and uh, spirits always seem to do quite well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or there might be, a, there may be a link towards um, alcoholism and investing 
which would be an interesting one. I think high risk investing and uh, consumption of alcohol. Maybe uh, yeah. Something there. I don't know. Oh, here you go. Then here's a partnership. We had a guy on uh, from Shark Tank, in fact, uh, doing uh, the alcohol test on your iPhone. So oh, maybe right. you could you could breathe. You have to breathe into that to be able to swipe <laughs> to wow. to show interest. <laughs> That sounds like the future. I love that. Okay, well, the final thing then is uh, I wondered, you know, as as a very busy entrepreneur, you said that you had lots of um, tools now to help with our productivity, help, you know, really maximize our time. I wondered Mm -hmm. if you could maybe give us one or two of your your most useful resources uh, that you use online, whether it's an app or a a piece of software that that helps with your productivity. Sure. Well, firstly, everything that I would use would need to be synced across all devices. So essentially device agnostic. I'm sure that's the same for, for most of your listeners. Slack as a, as a recent and uh, absolutely stellar success. It works very well. It's cut down internal communications um, via email for us as in, in both businesses significantly. Note taking tools. I use G Notes and I use Google Keep, which work really well. Any ideas, you know, capturing the, it's that little detail that you capture that can make all the difference sometimes when you wake up at four o'clock in the morning, you know, capturing that, making use of that and sharing that with the team, really important. Dashboards that we have for businesses. So you spend a lot of time up front figuring out what metrics we need to see um, and creating dashboards, which again are are built on on a mobile uh, responsive website. So out and about, it's as easy to, to view that. I use TickTick as a a to-do list tool, and we use Trello boards as a team for more project management-based work. And then beyond that, we use Google Hangouts generally for video conference calling if we're we're out and about as a team uh, on both businesses. And Google is is the, I guess, the suite that we use for for our everyday stuff, for our email and and calendars, uh, contacts, and, and also Google Docs, although I do find um, Google Docs and Microsoft Office users tend to sit in two camps, and the two don't play <laughs> don't play that well together. So I've recently just conceded, and um, and we're also using Office uh, from Microsoft as well. But um, yeah, that's pretty pretty standard. Well, if anyone from Google is listening, they've changed um, the way you create a hangout from YouTube, which is driving me insane. And because uh, I do a weekly hangout with um, a Slack group, in fact, and. Um, yeah, I've, uh, for, for everyone listening, I do actually have a Slack community that I've just started building. You're very welcome, Lex, to to come in and say hello to everyone. It, it yeah, can be found. Be it could be found uh, the link at theappguy.co where it's got Slack. So uh, all your details will be on the show notes. It's episode 440, an easy number to remember. So just go to theappguy.co and you can connect with Lex. But in the meantime, Lex, how can people reach out and connect with you? What's the best way of getting in touch? I head to LinkedIn. I'm fairly a fairly open networker on LinkedIn. You can find me on Twitter, Lex uh, at Lex Deek. You're welcome to email me also if you want at Lex at Offer dot com. And we have a Slack channel which we uh, or community that we've created for crowdfunding and alternative finance as well, which I think you can find in the footer of the Offer homepage. So yeah, multiple ways. Uh, luckily, uh, fairly uh, fairly unique name. So um, it, wherever you can find me, I'm generally pretty responsive and, and happy to talk. Yeah, Slack is amazing. It used to be a few years ago, everyone was, Evernote was the most mentioned app and, and now it's Slack. So mm-hmm. it shows you how these yeah. things change. He's nailed uh, Le- it. Yeah. <laughs> Lex, this has been absolutely a terrific chat. I think one of my best. So I 
I appreciate your time and uh, all the best with offer. Thank you, Paul. Appreciate uh, yours and, and lovely talking with you. So remember to go and check out www.gummycube.com. That's G-U-M-M-I-C-U-B-E.com, who are the world's best app store optimization company. And I highly recommend using them to improve the optimization of your apps and help them get discovered in the app store and use their algorithms and their data cube from the Google Play Store and the Apple App Store. So www.gummycube.com. And thanks to Gummycube for being such a great supporter of this show. This episode has been brought to you by Apptentive. Apptentive are offering a free 55-page ebook on how to get the best ratings and reviews. And to find out more, just go to apptentive.com forward slash appguy. That's apptentive.com forward slash appguy. And thank you very much to Apptentive for supporting the show.